of Gravity Balls creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast. I'm Lucas, and I am joined, of course, by my brother, Alec. What's up, man? Good to hear you. Good to see you today. Man, you're just always so positive, and I'm over here. You know, I, I tried to really step it up for the intro today, but I don't know, man. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think that this episode made me feel a little bit metaphysical. Oh, and I should mention, uh, people are probably confused right now, uh, we body swapped. Of course. Uh, you shouldn't be confused. This this seems pretty apparent. Yeah, so me being Alec, uh, I thought that it would be cool to uh, have Lucas do the introduction because it would, you know, it would make more sense in his voice, I think, right? And Alex yeah, I think in it, my voice. People, would be, people might be confused if... I, as Lucas, introduced us as Lucas, whereas you being Alec at the current moment, uh, man, yeah. I'm almost confusing myself a little bit. I'm not going to lie. You uh, see, Alec had to introduce himself as Lucas or it just wouldn't have made any sense. Does that clear it up? A hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. Okay. <laughs> now, of, of course, we were running around on a carpet and next thing we knew, uh, there was some static electricity and boom, here we are. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that sounds, uh, <laughs> that clip out of context could sound pretty funny. I think that there is a lot in this episode that out of context <laughs> could be isolated and seem weird. That's a um, good point. That's fair. This is, I'm not going to lie, this is a lot harder than I thought. I think we're going to end the bit here. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that was a good run. I think everybody, uh, yeah, that was, that was good. We just switched back. We just ran back on the carpet. I'm Lucas again. If this, Dude, is the first so time listening, if this is the first time listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry for you. This will make no sense at all. I think you did a really good job of, like, turning up the optimism for a second. And when I was put in the situation of having to try to pretend to be you, I couldn't turn the Alec off. I just don't have that. And I have, like, a lot of theater experience and stuff. I think I was just underprepared. Um, should, should we clarify that I am, in fact, Alec and you are, in fact, Lucas and we actually didn't body swap? Do you think that people thought that maybe the body swap was real? I'm sorry. Are you telling me that that didn't happen? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry to everyone. This is... <laughs> Again, I've confused myself at this point. It's hard to even keep track of what's going on here. Um, if I do know that there's a contingency of people who have seen Gravity Falls before, but they don't rewatch the episodes, they just listen along with us, so we should clarify that this is the body swap episode of Gravity Falls, Carpet Correct. Diem. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Uh, Full circle, everybody. Full circle around the carpet. Body swap seven times with Grunkle Stan and the McGucket and pigs. We're all good. Terrific. Before I lose the string of this any further, let's get straight into the recap of this episode. Yes, indeed. Uh, This episode had a lot going on. I took a ton of notes. Did you have the same experience? This, I think, is the best episode we've actually had in a very long time. Ooh. I... The fact that I'm saying that about a body swap episode just shows you how good this is. Because body swap tropes are the worst. <laughs> I hate them. It's one that I hate. And I think this Wait. is a phenomenal episode, despite that. I, and that ran through my head immediately. I was like, you know, Gravity Falls has a lot of innovative concepts. This one is tropey. You know, like, we've seen it many times. Which isn't always a bad thing. In this case, well, it was not a bad thing. I'll get into that a little bit as we go. Because I don't actually think it... They, The concept is tropey. But they don't do it in a tropey way. And that makes it not tropey. I can explain this better. We'll, we'll, sure, no worries. Well, let's... I have a mindset. <laughs> Got it. Let's jump right in. So, yes. 
episode starts, cold open. Uh, Dipper and Mabel are playing, I think it's called Attic Stuff Mini Golf. Uh, and this is really cool. My first note is actually sick mini golf course. Like, this is so sick. And Alec, we have to do this. I'm not joking you. Like, this is an... I'm putting this in my notes right now for, like, a YouTube video for the future. We need to make our own Attic Gravity Falls mini golf course and do it. That just sounds like fun, right? Everybody wants to oh, see that. Yeah. No, let's uh, stream that on Twitch, dude. Uh, That's what if I'm we saying. Have, you know... We have plans. Everyone, we have plans. <laughs> Yeah, whenever Lucas and I get a chance to be together in person, which surely will happen. You know, surely. We, Don't call me surely. Across country, uh, across like different sides of the country right now. Uh, you know, if the time comes and we're able to do something in the same place, I'd be excited for that. I really would. I would now, too. This is totally something that we also would have done as a child. So immediately the Dipper Mabel sibling thing uh, came into play. Uh, yeah. But, you know, this ends pretty quickly, not just because Dipper hits Stan in the head and, you know, Stan is standing outside, golf ball hits him, they love it. Ah, oh, it hit me right in the head! You have to, it's like, honestly, that was like a Spongebob joke, right? That was my leg. That was just a little oh! bit stepped up my, that was an that was an evolved my leg, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't need an evolved, I love my leg. By the way, character who says my leg is Fred. I used to be a Spongebob fan and I know all the minor <laughs> characters. Stupid yeah. facts for everybody to know. I just mean evolved in the sense that like, it, they couldn't obviously just use the exact same joke. So they had to uniqueify it a little. It's the same joke though, in my opinion. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, they are interrupt. I, I wouldn't just say interrupted, but um, the fun is interrupted because it turns out that Mabel is having Grenda and Candy over for a sleepover. Uh, and immediately Dipper goes into worry mode. He's like, oh no, not a sleepover night. And that's sort of how we uh, lead into our episode here. Yeah. I will say one for, before we completely wrap up that intro, that moment where like they hit Grunkle in the head and they just like have a little moment where they just like play with each other and tease for a second and laugh. I wrote that like those little moments with the chemistry where they take a second for Mabel and Dipper to just screw around for a second, completely unrelated to anything else going on is what makes this show better than just great. You know what I mean? Because if you only had the tight writing and like the good character dynamics as they are, it'd be one thing, but having those small nuanced character moments that aren't part of any overarching thing, really, it's just them like hanging out. It adds so much added flavor that it like really makes the show stepped up in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, and it's interesting because without that scene of them having that awesome time, I feel like you don't get the same type of, uh, notes in this episode that give it a little bit of flavor. Uh, yeah. Cause it, you know, it's one of the reasons there, I'm going to, I could have a count of how many reasons why this is ends up not being body trope or body swap tropey. And one of them is because the characters that swap actually have real established chemistry. And so often they don't when they do this trope. So it's just like an archetype switches places with an archetype. And you immediately know everything that's going to happen the second they switch, right? You yeah. Know? But it's not like that with these guys because they actually have lots of chemistry and interact like real people. So it ends up not being tropey because there's a little bit more of a like a real kid sibling interaction. You know what I mean? Sure. And I think that where the sibling part of this comes in is probably where I'm the most excited to take the discussion today. Because after the cold open, 
we're going into, you know, it's like a stereotypical girl sleep overnight. Dipper is getting super bothered. Um, you know, he tries to put a stop to it. They're trying to give him a makeover. Uh, this is a part that on the surface level, not relatable to us because, you know, I think the brother dynamic, this is where it differentiates from a brother-sister dynamic, which I think is probably a bit more relatable to people here. Yeah, I mean, for, for families that are raising their kids with, like, traditional gender norms, which I think is happening less, I'm just gonna call that out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think that that's good to say, because it... But I know what you like mean. a guarantee. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah. very common that lots of, like, kids growing up with heavy gender norms when we were kids and younger especially, or older especially, I should say, um, definitely did have that experience, I bet. Right, well, and that's why I say, you know, it's the stereotypical depiction of a girl's sleep overnight. What, when you see a cartoon or any work of fiction, especially from this time period, then that's yeah. the kind of thing that you're going to get out of it. Um, yeah. So that part, specifically isolated on its own, you know, maybe not as relatable. But I think that the dynamic of two siblings that are trying to live in a room together and do their own things simultaneously without butting heads, that is relatable because Lucas and I shared a room our entire life yeah. uh, up until I left for college. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true, even in high school. Well, when you were yeah, in high school. Believe it or not, the only time we didn't was when we were, like, younger, like, really young. I think we moved. Really, really young. Um, yeah, that's right, when I was, like, really young. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, we moved to Colorado and... We, I was eight, and I think you were five, and that's when we started living in the same room. And so basically, our adolescent lives, especially like Dipper and Mabel's age, we were spending a lot of time together in the same room. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I and when I it. saw Dipper and Mabel playing mini golf, like it reminded me of, oh yeah, we would do really fun things in the room. Um, yeah, and I, I think. I, I don't want to, like, bury the lead here, as we learned what bury the lead meant last episode, Lucas. Uh, but I am very interested in the conflict that Dipper and Mabel have about sharing a room where they sort of love sharing a room, but then there's things about it that they kind of hate. Uh, I felt like that was super relatable and fun for me to experience in this episode. I feel like, in a way, I would have been more... I, I'm a very social human being, if that's not somewhat evident by the way that I present myself. And uh, I very much am the person who probably socially overwhelmed Alec more than the other way around. So I think I related to Mabel a little bit more in that particular regard, because I probably would be the person that would, like, really want to... Because I wanted to hang out with you a lot, probably excessively, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, the only I time just, I remember a high energy it, kid, dude. Sure. Well, also, I'm three years older, so I do remember a very brief time period where I sort of outgrew things at a different pace than you. But also, even as an older kid, I felt like the imagination side of myself probably um, was still there for a lot longer than other people my age. So I don't remember that gap being super big. But there was definitely a time where it's like you really wanted to do certain things and I was a little bit less interested than I had been in the past. And I think that's something that siblings always deal with is when somebody's growing up a bit faster than the other. And I guess that's different for Dipper and Mabel because they're twins. But. Well, yeah. Oh, I guess that's true because the twin dynamic makes it a little different. I was just also thinking of like, I'll bet you that. If there was a situation where one of us wanted our own room, I feel like you would have wanted it before me. 
I think that might be true, but I th- at least they also. Yeah, I, I think that there was something about a room that felt like independent. And that's actually a good transition here is, you know, Dipper, after being so upset by the sleepover situation, wants to go somewhere else to sleep. Uh, you know, he yeah. goes to Seuss's break room, which is actually just like the furnace. Before that, two funny quotes from the sleepover, that sleepover scene. Number one, uh, uh, oh, what's the character who does BMO's voice's name again? I just Candy. know BMO. Candy, thank you. I just think BMO because I love BMO. I love Adventure Time so much. Um, and also there's an Adventure Time joke in this episode. Did you catch it? Oh, I didn't, but don't oh. say it if we're not there yet. No, we're not. I- I'm saving it for sure. Um, but the quote that's really funny uh, is Candy says, boys make me think about kissing. And uh, Grenda, right? Grenda, yep. And Grenda goes, Candy, you're so bad. And like, hucks a pillow like super hard right at her face and <laughs> that made me laugh and then dipper's quote uh you're laughing at frequencies only dogs should hear also was pretty funny god that's so funny those went right over my head but i love that you caught that um so yeah dipper's trying to find somewhere else to sleep it's not going to be seuss's break room because it turns out that's just like the furnace and seuss finds a way to like puzzle himself in there yeah, uh, and he gets burned and, a bunch. <laughs> yeah, he decides to end up sleeping outside, and he's like, okay, this isn't so bad, and then suddenly a wolf is gnawing on his leg, and he decides, this is still better. You know, I also want to say, uh, I was watching this with Willa, and she was like, uh, is <laughs> is that a werewolf? And I just, just planting the seed of thought, if you didn't have something in mind for the, the Fraternal 3, because there's another werewolf reference later in this episode, actually. Oh, or Fraternal 4. Dude, let's go that direction, because I totally forgot to pick a Journal 4 entry this week. Okay. Oh, well, I knew it! Dude, my bre- I li- Premonition, bro. When I saw this, I prepared. I was like, I-, I almost texted you ahead of time, but I forgot. But I knew that I had to prepare the werewolf, dude. I got, th- I got you! All right, sorry, All right. everyone. We'll Everybody on. stay tuned for the Journal 4 discussion. Now you yeah. know what's going to be covered. Yeah, Lucas has um, got it. There will be a moment where I'm going to like get something for it, actually. Great. So Dipper makes it through the night. Uh, the next morning, uh, Grenda comes out of the closet uh, in the sleepover room and says, oh, I have no idea who I was kissing in there, but I have no regrets. And, okay, that... Hold on, let's not skip past that scene. Let's. I need to sit on that one for a second, because that joke... Where, like, Mabel wakes up like she was unconscious from the sleepover. Like, that was a literal blackout, like, party joke. So, not only that, there's maybe an even better joke hidden within it. And I only thought about this because, uh, I, it was, mm, I don't remember who said it in the Discord. I'm sorry to not give you credit. Um, but, I, it was either Tess or CJ, uh, said... That the invisible wizard from the closet in the previous episode could have been who Grenda was making out with. Lucas's oh, face just dropped. My God. Bro. That's... Such an insane theory. Bro, that honestly, like, there is a part. Look, I am definitely someone, like, I don't really believe in conspiracy theories, but, like, I can have fun with them, you know? Because, like, they're fun, right? That's fun. I want to believe that. I want to believe that that's true. I want to believe Grenda, Grenda was getting down with the, the 
maybe I shouldn't finish that <laughs> sentence, but <laughs> the invisible wizard. Well, and I, I would say that, you know, our previous theory was that the invisible wizard was supposed to be Alex Hirsch. We're gonna not have not those be the same that. theory. Those are not, yeah, those are separate the theories. Separate definitely. theories. I like this theory better than that one. Those because... two are not true at the same time, guaranteed. Yes. <laughs> so I just want to make that very, very clear. <laughs> if one is um, true, the other is not. That is a logical truth. Just clarifying. Yes, absolutely. Um but anyway, uh, so the sleepover is done, and Dipper comes back inside. The room is a mess. He's frustrated with Mabel's living habits. They broke um, the mini golf course, and Mabel was like, oh, yeah, Grendelag's breaking stuff. I would have been so flipping mad if you had, okay, if Alec had brought over a friend of his and they, like, broke my thing, I'd be mad anyway. But if he was like, oh, no, it's whatever. I don't care about it at all. I'd be so much more mad, dude. That, that would actually, and I honestly, if I should say, if anyone was going to do that, it'd probably be me. So if you did that, you should be really mad. <laughs> or if I did yes. that, you should be really mad. <laughs> Uh, no, 100%. Uh, Mabel's nonchalant attitude, it's funny because sometimes that makes Mabel awesome, but I like yeah. that sometimes it can be a weakness, right? Because it's still in character, but it's a side of her that's probably a little bit, yeah. you know, Well, sucky. I think for her, I might be overanalyzing this, but there's a part of me that actually thinks that this is partially just because Mabel's trying to also be a good friend to her friends and doesn't want to, like, over... You know, she doesn't, like, we've seen Mabel's kind of anti-conflict about some things in future episodes, and I could see her just not wanting to tell Grenda not to break stuff straight up, and then not wanting Whoa. to tell them in front of them. And the way that she delivered that line almost didn't seem like she was that nonchalant, but more like, almost like subtly uncomfortable, but trying not to be. I could way be overanalyzing that, but I truly did get that vibe. <laughs> Well, that's fascinating because I do a thing socially and I see myself in Mabel a lot of the time where I will sort of like brush off something that might be a big deal to try to make somebody else feel like it's not a big deal, um, especially yeah. in social situations, because I might want them to like my friend. And, you know, if she makes a big deal about it, suddenly it has given Dipper permission to hate yeah. Brenda yeah. and she doesn't want yeah. to do that. And that's exactly. very interesting. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly the point. Yeah. So again, I could be overanalyzing that, but like that's a real conflict that I could totally see actually playing into the fact them factoring that in a, in a realistic situation. And again, her read almost was like that. And again, Dipper did confront her about it right in front of them, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Oh wait. Uh, no, no, no. No, they, they might have left. left. They might have left. Yeah. That's, either I, way, I that down. <laughs> either way, I still think that there's truth to that. So. Uh, sure. But the next thing that happens is uh, they uh, wait. They fight. They, they fight, fight and, and Dipper decides that he does not want to share a room with Mabel anymore. Uh, and this is where, you know, I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. I can kind of relate to Dipper wanting this feeling of independence and, you know, maybe an opportunity to have a little bit of that good old fashioned American individualism sprinkled into his room so that he can <laughs> identify more with himself. Wow. wow. Um, Salty. Now, <laughs> heavy salt. <laughs> um, and look, I, I think that that makes sense, right? I, every sibling gets to a point where they're like, oh man, I would kind of like my own space where I can customize it my own way and I can feel more like myself in there. And I think that that's very human. Yeah. Well, I think that might actually just be a very cultural norm thing. That might be a desire that's built into us because of something that we see. 
Not gonna sure, lie. when I say very human, I mean very American human because it's been socialized. Let me there clarify. You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, uh, <laughs> just sprinkling in that little bit of uh, of something nobody wants to hear. Yeah. Sure. Well, in in this conversation, Mabel agrees that she wants her own room too. So uh, this is the perfect opportunity to go ask Grunkle Stan, and he happens to be watching baby fights on TV, which is a choice. Well, so the funny thing is, like, yeah, Grunkle Stan, they're like, the transition is like, Grunkle Stan seems like somebody who's a pretty, I don't remember the phrasing they said, but like a pretty chill individual. Like, he'll be, he'll be a reasonable guy to talk to. And then he's literally just looking at different fight channels online and is flipping through or on TV. I have not seen a television in a long time. Um, but he's, he's flipping through, it's a TV remote. Yeah. Jesus, man, it's been a while. Um, he's flipping <laughs> through the TV channels and they're, the channels are different. Do people know what this is? Should I explain what a TV is and what channels are? Do you think? Because this is this is ridiculous. I I I still watch TV. I'm only three years old, or it's not that crazy of an idea that people. I mean, a lot of young people still. probably have never had televisions. I don't know, but anyway, I don't think that's true. I think maybe they don't watch cable TV, but I think that people still have televisions. Well, yeah, but like channel, like TV channels and like flipping through network TV. That's a specific experience. Not everybody has that. That is a little, yeah. I, I think that, I can see there being a world where less people are doing that because they're using streaming services and things. Yeah. Yeah. Because like he's channel surfing. Channel surfing is like a network thing. Especially seeing weird stuff like baby fights. That is a very network TV thing to happen. <laughs> that is not wrong. <laughs> that is a definitely weird thing. You're just scrolling through a channel and you find it. Yeah, um, so anyway, so yeah, he's the point is Grunkle's watching fight shows, and then he ends up on baby fights, and he goes, the TV knows what I want. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> well, it's funny, because algorithms actually know what he wants better than TVs do, as uh, if we're going to transition it into- That's a good point, actually. YouTube. <laughs> that is a really good point. Hey, everyone, if you're listening to us right now, it's there's a chance it's because some internet knew what you wanted. Just saying. Yeah. Let me just and make hey, it clear. That's what us. You- what you yeah, want yeah. is Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. That's what you want to watch. Whoa, yeah, that's yeah. Let's just uh, let's just give you some algorithmic favor right there. We'll say it let's, a few more times so that your computer hears it. Hester Bros Cartoon Theater. Hester Bros Cartoon Theater. Hester Bros Cartoon Theater. Okay, your computer recognizes us now. You'll see it. <laughs> Alexa, play Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater on YouTube. <laughs> oh my god! Alex, my Alexa started. Playing. Oh no! <laughs> That's so funny. What have I done? I, I'm I'm so sorry to everyone. <laughs> I really hope that got somebody other than Alec. And if it didn't, that's extra funny. Because he definitely just got himself with that joke. So <laughs> my fiance is laughing too. This is <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad we got that all recorded. That's brilliant. <laughs> this was a choice. I doubt that it picked up. A-L-E-X-A, I'm never going to say her name on the podcast again. Lesson learned. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, what have we done? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know the correct way to do it because I don't have one and Alec did it. That was great. All right. So anyway, after baby fights, uh, they have a little fight in front of Grunkle Stan and he's just kind of like, whatever, I'm not going to help you. Cause there's no extra room. Cause like, what's he going to do about it? He's like, yeah, I don't, I just don't like, what do you want me to do? Build you a room. It's not like there's some secret room underneath the shack, which is a reference to the other thing that we've seen him go underground in before. So we get, we get a little bait. Actually, we get a little like actual heavy plot related bait right now, which I think is a big deal. Um, Cause then Seuss walks out and says, Hey guys, I just found a secret room in the shack. 
right? Yeah. So it leads us, everyone who's been following the plot, they are, when I was watching this, I was expecting this to be the plot episode where we figure out where Grunkle Stan's been going. And I was confused because I'm like, this is a weird way to do that intro. This feels like more of a joke setup than a like heavy plot. But then we find out that it's not the room that Grunkle Stan has actually been going into in, in you know, end credit scenes. It's this other room that has this big carpet on it that says, um, uh, uh, experiment 78 on a tag. And I want to say a couple details in this scene that I can't explain why they're details because they're spoilers, but they're incredible details. And I want to know if Alec noticed them. Number one, the calendar says 1982 4th of July is circled. Did you see that? I did not. Jeez, dude, you caught some stuff here. Yeah, and I just would like to say I did not pause. I'm just hyperactive. Second detail I noticed. Uh, actually, Willa noticed this one, too. She's lovely. Um, she noticed that uh, the first thing that Grunkle does when he walks in the room is he picks up a pair of glasses off of the desk and puts them in his pocket. Oh, my goodness, man. And those glasses come back later in the episode, and I'll talk about that too. Super subtle. I didn't notice it. You barely would see it at all because they nobody says anything. But he picks up the glasses and he looks at them and he goes, "How would I know about this room? I didn't. Now it's just a new place for me to clean." And he puts it in his pocket, puts the glasses in his pocket. Wow, that's so great. I love yeah. it. Oh, I know, dude. So in that room, and there's a prism. There's a lot of little Easter eggs. I think in that room that I probably didn't even fully notice. This room is important. Okay, you know, what's funny is it ran through my head. I think as soon as we moved away from the idea that it was Stan's secret door, I yeah. got fooled as if it was a magic trick, right? You know, it's like the art of misdirection. It made me think, okay, well, I don't have to think that hard about what's in here. It's just a different room. And yeah. oh, the shack has so many secrets. That's really awesome. Yeah. And well, and you and I know what's going on. So we know kind of more about some of the answers to those secrets. And after we talk, honestly, like, I just want to talk to you about this off screen, because this is like, this is a really cool episode, everybody. Like, if you know, you know, but by the end of the show, if you don't know, by the end of the show, come back to this episode and watch it again. For real. This is like Love one it. of the, this is one of the big episodes I would recommend watching a second time after you've finished the show. Because this one, I think has had so much cool stuff in it. Like, so much awesome. I love it. Very cool. Nice. All right. Well, Stan grabs the room key from inside, and he says he's going to give the room to whoever he likes more between Dipper and Mabel, uh, which is hysterical. So, yep. uh, you know, he unties his shoe, waits for them to fight over it, and then shouts, fight, 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 just like he did when watching the babies fighting on TV. So yes. here we get Stan being, you know, a monstrosity of a person yet again, uh, <laughs> as his nephew and niece just like, fight each other for this opportunity to have the room. And that basically kicks off our plot where they are going to do everything that they can to impress Stan as a way to get the room, essentially. Yeah. And Mabel says, oh, I've got this. I'm a suck-up ninja. And TBH, if I were to put money on who was going to win this, I would put all my money on Mabel easy, dude. Not, I would not drop a cent on dipper winning that come on this is definitely an episode where i identified strongly with mabel versus the dipper scenario to be honest wow. 
Wow. Look, I'm just being honest. I'm wow. not saying look, I'm look at wow, look at why he said that. Everyone, look at the placement of that of that comparison. It's because he's sucking up. That's why he's saying that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that is why I'm saying it for the most yeah. part. Like, right, I felt like bet- between the two of us. Let's be honest. I was definitely <laughs> the people pleaser or the parent pleaser uh, who was, was able to. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I, who, to basically try to uh, be nice to get what I want and be the good kid and. Uh, I, know no, I, got, I got I got everything pinned on me. I got in trouble for everything growing up. For like, you guys have no idea. I was the ratchet kid. Everybody, you have no idea. <laughs> it's quite true. Uh, and <gasps> wow. I, well, well, no, I mean, it's true that you got in trouble for everything. And uh, I, I think that part of that was that you were being compared to me. And I'm not saying that that's fair. Wow. Is uh, everyone hearing that? I'm shocked. I'm <laughs> shook right now. I am shook. <laughs> Um, I'm having a moment now, everyone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look, I'm I'm stating the facts of the situation. I'm not saying it was fair. I'm not Lucas, saying that I was worthy of was, having that level of favoritism. Either. I was treated as a deviant from age four. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I mean, there are parts of it that you brought on yourself. Like, let's not oh, okay. completely okay. Okay, I'm not uh, going to say that. Walk away from the situation. You've got to oh, admit. Like, I can't. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I learned it from dad. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, stop. Not, no, listen. Our parents were great. Um, yeah, I'm great. <laughs> right? We're both great. No, I'm just, just You want to keep stroking our egos for another five minutes? Do you think that's the best use of our time for this podcast? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, we are not better than anybody. Let me make that very clear right now. No. Nah, um, everybody's, everybody's awesome. I'll, so, I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah, well, let's transition out of it before, like, I dig myself any further of a hole. Because let's be honest, everybody should be on your side right now, like, solidly. Wait, and my side how? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, like, it's messed up that everybody was treating me like a deviant. Yeah! Nah, I liked yeah, it, well, though. I did some I did some fun stuff with it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm totally playing. <laughs> in this specific case, right, it's also kind of messed up that Mabel can just use her charm and uh kind of schmooze her way into getting whatever she wants um, oh yeah that's a society thing extroverts yeah, well, are just like benefited and stupid it doesn't make her any more worthy of receiving and i think that's what's interesting about this is grunkle stan doesn't care about fairness whatsoever and yeah, more is society he's, fair he's a, i was gonna say he's a great symbol for america i think <laughs> it, he I really mean, is I hate to say it but it is this thing where it's like, there's nothing fair about it, but it just is the system that exists. And unfortunately, D- Dipper and Mabel are in it. And if they want what they want, they have to play the system. Yeah. Um, and the white people facilitating it probably could change it a little bit, but they're not going to. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, so we'll leave that one alone. What's the next part? <laughs> uh, Seuss. He stops them from chasing Stan because he gets creepy vibes from the room. And he's saying they should not pursue this any further. Um but they totally ignore him, and we see some weird electricity just spice up from the carpet um, near yeah. where that Experiment 78 slip is. Um, and as they ignore him, they just go back to Stan, and he starts giving them suck-up points as they start doing chores to win the room. Um, I love Stan patting himself on the back and just says, you're a good uncle, as Mabel quietly says in the background as they're I running. I kill you. Yeah, she says kill. Yeah, she says kill. 
She said the K word. I think that was a little bit more on the table back then. I think Kill got more censored recently, I think. Isn't yeah, that more I of a recent one? Gonna weigh, I think that would be harder to get through now. I'm not sure, though. I, I feel like I've, I've heard the word Kill in Owl House. I know I've heard it in Adventure Time. I mean, Owl House has said some like, pretty dark things, so I, I can't true. imagine that wouldn't be on the table. That's um, true. And I That's it. a good point. That's um, a good point. Back in the room, uh, Mabel is bragging about how good she's doing. So she had made Stan an omelet of his face. Like, I, God, the schmoozing is so funny to me. Uh, I hate to admit that I was a kid who sort of tried to do that kind of thing to get what I want, especially at your expense. I'm sorry. Wait, what? I, I'm sorry. I, I do feel like wow. there were times when I really just lent into that good kid thing as much as I possibly could to have leverage over you. Oh, and I, I feel bad about you that. you did that. But I couldn't ever accuse you of it because there... You know, like, that's not something you can accuse somebody of. There's no evidence exactly. that I could... Wow. Because then I'm you just sorry. sound worse. Yeah, and it, and I did every time. I, I genuinely feel a little bit bad. As, as we talk through this, I'm like, man, I'm hey. taking pride in this. Did you, I'm like, that's kind of a something? lousy thing. Like, I think uh, <laughs> I, ha- I have some accountability here. Did you know how that hamster thing broke? Wait, what? Remember that hamster cube that broke and like got blamed somebody blamed i think somehow it got blamed on me for being broken i have no idea what you're talking about actually genuinely oh well so if if this is something that i broke and blamed on you then i think i think actually clearly did nothing to my subconscious i think our cousin broke it i just thought that you were defending her and i thought you knew but i could have just been like i didn't i didn't have any reason to think that i think i could have just been but it was blamed on me i do know that much so that's why you remember it because it well, yeah, because I saw that it happened, and I was like, and I knew that you'd be messed up about it because you really liked this hamster thing. So I was like mad. And then what I'm trying to figure out is, was this a toy for my hamster Speedy that broke? Yeah, it was like a big uh, little hamster, like big hamster. Like I think it was a, a hamster set of hamster cubes or something. Wait, I don't know what a hamster cube is. Ham- a hamster know, like, can't run in a cube. It's got, that would tumble. No, no, no. Like, like no, no, no. It was like one of those structures that they can like walk around in. You know what I mean? Like, like the little. It's, it looks like almost like a McDonald's play structure for kids. Like a cage? No, it wasn't like a cage. It was like a little outside, like just play structure that you could put them in on your table. Gosh, that's so interesting that I do not even remember what this thing looks like. That's funny. Uh, I remember because I was blamed for it. So. Lasted in my consciousness. I was kind of hoping you'd know, but now I have no resolution. Maybe it didn't even happen. Maybe my memory's false. Isn't it funny how the memory works? One thing that I did do, I must have been like six, and you must have been like three, honestly. But I remember it because of the guilt I felt. Um, Okay. I probably won't care about this one. I mean, obviously we're kids. So for some reason, I'm sure I won't remember. My six-year-old self was thinking, I don't know why on earth I would have thought about this, but I bit myself and showed mom teeth marks. And I was like, Lucas bit me. And then huh. she like, not grounded. Your parents didn't ground us, but like she put you in timeout for two hours. Uh, and you were upset and you didn't understand what was wrong. And I felt so bad. It, I don't, again, why would I do this and then feel bad? But I did. And I went to mom and I told her the truth. And then we had like a nice family moment at night, like straight out of a sitcom where we talked about, you know, like these are the consequences of lying. And she apologized to you. And of course you were so little that you don't remember it. But I still, like, I always felt guilty. I felt less guilty because I told the truth. I think if I had not told the truth, I would have held on to it. So don't lie, people. And if you do lie, like, tell, you know, fess up. 
So when you kept doing that for the next 10 years, did you just keep telling mom afterward every time? No, I'm just uh, <laughs> I, no, I will I'm say. Playing. I'm totally joking. Even though I have fessed up to schmoozing, uh, I do, I did not like constantly lie. Like I was not, no, I, no. I, I was a very honest kid overall. No, no, I, I, if anyone was more guilty of lying, I wouldn't say I lied, but I definitely had a tendency to exaggerate when I got uh, heated sometimes. When I was yeah, younger. I think that's probably. I mean, you would throw things at me. You had more angst. Would I? Yeah, I if threw got, stuff at you. Oh yeah, dude. Do you remember when we had a Yu-Gi-Oh duel and I won, and <sighs> you were so upset that you lost that you like either threw the duel disc at me. You hit me too, uh, and Mom <laughs> was not happy. I don't remember uh, that. That's <laughs> funny that I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Like, um, I, I don't know that happened. I probably thought I was right. And just moved on. <laughs> yeah, and I hate to admit it, but there were probably a couple times that I might have cheated at Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I wanted to win really bad. I think I uh, might have known you cheated, to be honest. I don't I don't know if that was an instance where I did or not. I just know okay. that there were times. So, if that was why you I did, never I cheated. I it. actually never cheated when I played. I cheated with Chess against Dad a couple times. But I think he knew every time I did it. But I never cheated in, in <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! Because I, because I, everyone, okay, everyone was always suspicious of me all the time. So because of that, I actually had to be more careful than anyone else. <laughs> I guess that's probably true. And I watched people like a hawk. I didn't, you know, I uh, wanted to <laughs> make did? sure that everybody else was being fair. But apparently I didn't have that stipulation for myself. And Are you now, serious? I, well, listen, I have actually now as an adult... I hate spoilers. I hate knowing things in advance. I hate cheating. I want to win everything, like, super fair and square. Like, it's an obsession almost. So wow. it's funny to me that I was ever willing to do that. Um, because for me, it ruins a game to have any kind of thing that throws a wrench in the mechanism. Uh, and I think it's more of a game theory thing. Like, if you see something cheating, it ruins the integrity of... Uh, oh, no. I, I don't like cheating. That's you know? why I didn't cheat, because it messes with the game theory. Yeah, well, I, now I, I don't like feel that, that way. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, when yeah, your kids is different. I mean, I'm sure there are times is. when I tried to get away with something when we were young. I just always felt like cheating was obvious in games because the way my brain worked is I tended to memorize my positioning most of the time when I was playing games. So I yeah. thought if I ever tried to get away with anything, like, usually people would notice. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, but I guess I never noticed when other people did. Well, people are learning a lot about us today. We don't usually share this much, but I feel like this episode has, like, Dude, plucked the sibling thing out a lot. I'm learning a lot about you today. <laughs> That's so true. I, yeah, no, I didn't I, know that you had all these... I didn't know you had reflection over that stuff. There's so many... Uh, no, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I reflect Lucas, over a lot. That's a good idea. I should probably do that more. Hey, I got one. I'll, 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 I'll get one. I used to scare the living daylights out of Alec all the time for fun. I love scaring Alec. I would hide in places and scare the shit out of him constantly. I hated that so much. <laughs> and I do I really remember did. doing that. And I there are a few specific ones that I remember being so funny to this day that still make me laugh. So <laughs> like, is this the part where you say that you feel bad for scaring me? Like, I feel bad for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I should totally wouldn't do that again and shouldn't do things like that. All right, we're going to move on before, uh, while we're still kind of having a sibling moment. Um, anyway, uh, so they're having sort of another fight where, while Mabel is bragging about how well she's doing it. Or no, I don't even think they're fighting, but they walk in a circle in their socks and the static causes a body swap and they freak out. Um, yeah. It's a really good freak out scene. 
Yeah, it is a good free. The reason I li I write this down because I thought when as soon as it started happening, I was almost like inclined to like hit the 10 second skip button skip button because we are all accustomed to YouTube now and wanting to skip intros and things that we don't like because it's, it's so easy. Um, but you know, I because I it's such an easy thing to do and my brain went to like, okay, here's the reaction. Like, let's just get past this because this always happens. And then Mabel literally throws up and starts trying to exercise Dipper out of her. Well, wait, let me let me let me rephrase this. Mabel is inside Dipper's body. So the body of Dipper, but who is Mabel? So from this point forth, we are referring to Mabel as being inside the body of Dipper, and we are referring to Dipper as being inside the body of Mabel. Just want to clarify that that's how we're going to use terminology for a little bit. Um, right. So Mabel is trying to hit her body it like threw up and then started smacking her chest to try to like exercise herself out of dipper's body and uh that is like not the typical cartoon reaction <laughs> yeah no i love it that they were having a legitimate like psychotic reaction a little bit like a crisis like yeah, oh my god like this is not natural this is not okay yeah like people talk about culture shock imagine being in a completely different circulatory system where your blood pressure is different i mean I i'm again over analyzing but this is what i do your blood pressure is different your height's different your you know hormones are different like there that would be an extremely like i would throw up if i was suddenly in someone else's well actually i guess one time it was kind of fun but usually that would be a really jarring experience for people <laughs> Leave him at there. Um, so Dipper sees, you know, and I'm sticking with your uh, who's yeah. who in this moment, uh, sees that Experiment 78 is actually the Electron Carpet. Uh, they realize that they can swap back. Um, and Mabel is ready to switch back because, you know, this is after they have finished the freak out. She realizes, like, um, oh, she's win or, like, I'm winning, so I should definitely switch back into my own body. Yeah. But then she articulates that. And Dipper realizes, oh, wait, I can take advantage of the situation and sabotage Mabel. Uh, yeah. And then they go into this thing where they just start sabotaging each other. Yeah. And this is one of those things where I, I like that Dipper makes this decision because you might think, like, that's a really dumb thing for Dipper to do. But if Mabel was on his side in this, she'd be the person to round that out. But because she's not, they don't round it out and he does do the decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's... Um you know, negative points for Dipper here uh, for deciding that he wants to go this route. I, but also, Mabel's kind of rubbed it in his face, and he lacks the charisma to be able to do what she does. So I, maybe in a way, he feels like he's balancing the scales. I was gonna say, I'm not gonna lie, dude. In terms, you're playing a game right now, and we're going with dirty tactics. I, I think Dipper's making the right move. He's not gonna win if he doesn't do this, guaranteed. And, and but Mabel's also... not gonna let up, 100%. You but it's also it. a poor strategic choice because I, I think that you're giving the opportunity for it to just to switch around the other way and then it's a never-ending cycle. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. I think if I, I agree with you. I, I I have no devil's advocate argument against that. That's just like such an obvious thing. But I mean also though, like, I don't know. I feel like I'd at least I wouldn't want to switch back like immediately after the trauma. After I've adjusted for a second, I think I might be like, this is kind of it's kind of a neat experience. This doesn't happen very often. <laughs> You know? Yeah, no, I get you. And um, just a little side note here, which will be important. Uh, Seuss has also walked into the room after they're gone with Waddles. Uh, yep. He says, no one thinks I'm this cute when I lie on the when I lie naked on the living room floor. Uh, and as he pets Waddles, they swap bodies as well, uh, which leads to a great scene of Wendy walking in on Waddles Seuss eating a shirt. 
So now when we talk, you know, when we talk about Seuss, I think Seuss is going to be both. Like, <laughs> we're going to have Pig Seuss, and then we're going to have Seuss who's in the body of the pig. Uh, so, does that make sure. sense? So, so Pig Seuss is, is Waddles in the body of Seuss, and then Seuss is just Seuss's consciousness in the pig. Uh, that's just how I wrote it, honestly. I feel even worse for causing confusion in the intro, because the amount of confusion <laughs> so, that now has to happen is like, this, this episode is not good for you know, audio only. It's, it's uh, actually perfect, because you really need to be engaged. This is the most engaging, in my opinion, because you're, you know, challenging. That's the angle we're going. Okay, cerebral. Um, yes. Great. It is very uh, funny that Seuss and Pig switch because Seuss and Waddles because that they play. That's it's a very funny B plot. It really is. Yeah, definitely. It's a short B plot, but it's good. Um, but back to the main plot here. Uh, Grenda and Candy are back, uh, hopefully for another sleepover. And Grenda has brought over age-appropriate romance novels, and I quote. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, go and ahead. We get and we get a joke that I'm surprised this wasn't talked about in the Hirsch uh, censorship emails. I don't know if you caught this, but when Dipper was Dipper again in the body, or I'm sorry, yeah, Dipper in the body of Mabel sees the sleepover starting to happen is like, oh, I'm not really into the sleepover right now, guys. Uh, I'm just having one of those uh, rational women mood swings. We have those, right? Period joke. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. I'm pretty sure that's what they were going at. Yeah, I think that maybe they were trying to go that direction. Um, well, or the joke it just shows... The joke is that Dipper wouldn't actually know. Well, I, and I think that that's why it's easy enough to get through, right? Because that's just Dipper being, like, a stupid boy who doesn't exactly. understand these things and is trying to, like, spit it out. And Grenda exactly. and Candy don't seem and, to realize. And that's probably what most of the people who would complain to the censors, they're probably that level of knowledgeable about it, too. Hmm. I'm just Can that I, was a, that was just a mean joke. I'm told I'm just calling them unintelligent. I'm, I'm joking. Well, and I'm sorry because <laughs> I didn't respond properly properly to the joke that you made because I had another thought that I want to get oh, your good. opinion on. Please, it was so, a rude joke. <laughs> well, it, it occurs to me that Dipper and Mabel are going about their business speaking with different voices, right? But I feel like that's more for the audience so that we know who is Dipper and who is Mabel. Do you yeah, think definitely. that in in the universe? there is actually a difference with how the characters there are receiving it as opposed to the audience. And they're not actually hearing the different voices. I mean, by all logic, that's what should happen because it's not like your consciousness is what carries your vocal cords. So I think it's possible. I, I mean, I don't know if that's canonical, but uh, that's, what I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's likely that everybody's hearing the voices of the bodies. That would make sense. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think so. I, Otherwise, I like, think everybody should immediately be like, oh, that's obviously Dipper's voice in Mabel's body. Like, I, you'd have yeah. to have that reaction, you know? Or it's just a cartoony thing and nobody is noticing because it's a joke, you know? More likely, I guess more likely we're overthinking it and silly. But yeah, that's our like, job. It shouldn't matter. If, if, you're, if anybody watches a cartoon review show and thinks you guys are overthinking this, look at what we do. <laughs> yeah our like whole what? thing is overthinking things that's that's literally why we're here and that's why you're watching us like come on <laughs> that's right and on reaction videos we talk over them so that people can get mad at us in the comments section exactly those, those but if are we didn't, things but the but if we didn't say see but if we didn't say anything then you guys are actually just watching it to watch the show not to watch yeah. the reaction and go watch the show if you want to watch the show right 
And why I appreciate the people here is that you are here because you are discussion people. You enjoy yeah, just listening to us unpack these things at tremendous lengths for no good reason. Um, so anyway, so that's what's going on with Dipper. He's upset in the room. Um, but Mabel is uh, trying to look and see what's going on. And there's an awkward scene where Stan sees it happening. And to his perception, this is Dipper spying on the girls. Uh, yeah. So... You know, he's like, oh boy, you're uh, at that age, huh? Uh, and he decides that he wants to go have the birds and the bees talk. Now, I will say, in terms of who gets the worst situation to deal with in this whole episode, a million percent Mabel right now. That is definitely well, the... Having Grunkle Stan give you the sex talk when you're in Dipper's body, rough, dude. That is rough. That is not something you want to... Ah, I feel so bad. When I saw that, I was just like... Mm. Oh, I would want to switch back immediately so quickly. Oh my god, would I want to switch back? And, and yeah, also, he literally cut. Yeah. And and just a spoiler, she does Grunkle ends up I'm you know, no, I'm not gonna spoil it. We'll get there. Okay. Well, uh he literally pulls out a biology book. Uh, I think he says something along the lines of, this is the pituitary gland. Doesn't look like much, but he's got big plans. Raises eyebrows. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa! I think that's actually the joke that pushes it the farthest for the censors for me this episode. Oh, really? I feel like that just requires, like, I know for a fact that the people complaining about that don't have any idea what the pituitary gland is. <laughs> I don't, but it's oh, well. <laughs> it's still uh, one of those things that I looked at and was like, well, this is very you know, blatant what they're going for. And you're like, you don't That's want the cops. That's a science thing that has to be related to sex. <laughs> yeah. you don't want the I'm cops sorry. putting their arm around each other, but this is fine. That was in this episode. Um, you noticed that, right? I did. Uh, well, and who even knows? I feel like they put their arms around each other a couple times. At this point, I've lost track. That's a good uh, point. But we covered the censorship plenty in the bonus episode. Listen to that if you haven't yet. Really I just keep mentioning it because it's so cool. Yeah, that's a fun one. Oh, yeah. Even put that on YouTube. Hester Bros. Um, Cartoon Theater. Hester Bros. Cartoon Theater. Alexa! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Should we try OK Google? And maybe we can get some people that way. OK Google. Hester Bros. Cartoon Theater. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on with the bit. Yes. I just, I really uh, wanted to see if it worked. If we got you, heck yeah. Continue. Yeah, please tell us. Uh, but if you do tell us, uh, I hope that the experience was, wow, that was funny, and not, screw you for doing that to my machine. If, if okay. you're one of those people, you don't have to tell us. It's okay. <laughs> if if you're mad at that, don't have voice tracking devices in your home. That's my advice. For you. <laughs> Fair. Uh, so uh, Mabel's strategy to get out of this situation is to be really mean to Grunkle Stan. To well, well, I guess not to get out of it, but her strategy to lose the room for Dipper rather. Um, but Stan is having it. He's like, "Wow, finally standing up to me, huh? The room is yours," and yep. gives her a hug. <laughs> As she tries to talk her way out of he's like, no, shh, you had me at shut up, old man. Yeah, that was pretty good. So what I was going to say before is like, Mabel just had to go through the worst thing ever and didn't even get the room. <laughs> oh, for two. Uh, rough stuff, yeah. Mabel, rough not, stuff. Not going well. Um, she was doing a lot better when she was in her own body. Yeah. Um, hey, man, so... nobody wants to be a 13-year-old boy. Nobody. Yeah. 12. It's important. Wait, 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 so what did you say? Did you say 12? Yeah, remember oh, there was oh, a whole yeah, episode? Just, okay. He's right, technically difference. not a teenager. 
Had to clarify. Yeah. Just because just because it was a point. They made a point of saying it at one point in the series. So he is 12. I don't want anybody being like, actually, Lucas, he has not turned 13 yet in the series. They are, in fact, 12 years old. Can you tell that we're bitter YouTubers yet? Okay. Um, <laughs> we're not. We love YouTube. So there's one... <laughs> There's one joke that I thought was phenomenal that I know that you didn't see. And uh, so when when Dipper uh, is, I'm trying to make sure. Yeah, Dipper's with the friends, right? Right now? Yes. Cool. The oh, body swap thing yeah. confused me for a second. So I just, me had too. To, I, I, I was like, wait a minute. Dipper, okay. So Dipper's with the, with uh, Candy. Friends and Candy. Yeah. And they're doing they're playing a game where it's kind of like the game of i don't know if there's a game like this that this is actually based off of because if there is it feels like something like this could exist and i just wouldn't know about it because i didn't hang out at like girl summer parties when i was in middle school unfortunately because i'll bet those were really fun actually gender norms are stupid Um, probably more fun than the boys parties tbh yeah i think it depends sometimes we did some fun stuff i liked zombie tag you know that was cool Stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, I liked freeze um, tag. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze tag was cool. There, there, as long as I was doing active stuff, I was just an active person. Anyway, um, but uh, so the, there's like they roll, and then you pick up the phone and you talk to somebody who's like like trying to date you or something. I don't get it. Don't let me. Don't make me try to explain it. But Grenda picks up the phone and you hear this like voice. Hi, this is Kevin, and you know I want to take you on a date. I don't remember what it says. It's some weird like dating game. Maybe this makes sense for people. I don't get it. Anyway, though, Candy goes, Kevin has the voice of a robot. Oh, and that's the Adventure Time joke. Yes, because Bemo, because that's Bemo's voice. That's great. Oh, I really love that. I did, that did go right over my head. Thank you I love uh, that. for pointing I it out. That. That, that, that made my day. I heard that. I'm like, oh, because that's it's, it's literally the voice of a robot. The Bemo is much more than a robot, I'd like to say. Bemo's a person, okay? So it's football. If you don't know, yes. you don't know. But if you know, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get through some of this other stuff relatively quickly. Since we're running long, we've had a lot of discussion today. Yeah, um, I agree. B-plot, Seuss is running around the mud outside, but McGucket shows up, old man McGucket, and he's hungry, he wants a pig. Uh, so Seuss says, wait, I'm a man trapped inside a kid's body. And McGucket has a great line, just, that's what they all say. Um, that was which, a great line. I laughed really funny. at that. Um, the cops see this, uh, they see basically a bearded witch chasing a talking pig, I think is how they say it. Um, yep. We find out that Blub's horoscope came true. He knows that Durlin is a Gemini. Uh, and uh, that's very, very cute. I love just any little moments with the cops make me happy. Yeah, um, Durlin's like, you knew? Of course I knew. <laughs> They're great. Uh, uh, McGucket wants to make Seuss into bacon, uh, which also Seuss great. is like, oh, that sounds great. And then realizes he's going to be the bacon. Is like, oh, no. Uh, Dipper and Mabel meet up. Mabel admits that she lost the room, but decides that Dipper can't have it if they're swapped. So she goes inside and locks the room. Um, Dipper, in response to this information, goes back to Grenda and Candy to suggest giving her brother a makeover. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Waddle Seuss, or I've lost track of how we're doing that, wreaks havoc in the gift shop. It is pig Seuss. And, yeah, Pig Seuss. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that doesn't fully actually help. It does. It's so funny because it, Pig Seuss is, like, doing better with Seuss's body than Seuss was doing. Because, like, 
Grunkle walks in and is like, Zeus, uh, economy and stuff, I gotta cut your pay. And, like, Waddle's Zeus just, like, puts his hand in Grunkle's face and goes... <laughs> there you go, that's a sound for you. And, uh... <laughs> That bothered my headphones a lot. And, and Grunkle Stan was like, uh, is this some kind of negotiating tactic? Because it's not going to work. And then it works, and he gets a raise. Yeah, and, and he admits that it had nothing to do with taxes. He was lying. Yeah, and then right after, like, a beautiful woman walks in, and, and Pig Seuss, like, runs outside the door, and the beautiful woman runs away with him. And I guess they somehow end up dating on that. Yeah. Very funny and stupid. Very um, funny. But back to the main plot, Grenda and Candy do give the makeover and Dipper uses the opportunity to swap back. So they're now inside the room again. Um, And this works, but then Grenda and Candy understand what happened and they want to do it too. So we get a great chaotic scene where all of a sudden everybody starts body swapping and then Waddles and Seuss get to the room and McGucket is there too now because he's trying to eat the pig. Um, and the cops walk in because of reports of excessive giggling, which is also stupid and very funny. Yeah, um, also very and funny. It's just a really awesome um, kinetic scene of all of these uh, bodies swapping back and forth. And uh, I honestly, it happened so fast. I definitely didn't take any notes about who ended up in whose body. I don't know if any part of that stuck out to you. No, nah, not at all. I was just, it's, it's chaotic body swap stuff. I, I didn't think it was all that funny, to be honest, because it's like, you know, like, you, you there was there was one thing, I guess, like, uh, Candy and Grenda ended up in the cops' bodies, and they're like, let's go bust some perps. And I was like, that's funny. Like, I could, if I ended up in the body of a cop, I would probably be like, oh, this is something that you could definitely, like, play, mess around with, you know? Sure. I, well, I think that the thing that I liked about the scene is just it kind of uh, is the culmination of all of these plots sort of interweaving into each other. Even though the Seuss plot was very minor in comparison, it still it makes it a little bit more chaotic. And I think that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I it was fun. I, but yeah, pretty much the whole thing, chaos, everybody ends up back in their bodies, though. Yeah. And um, after, you know, all this... Dipper and Mabel are together in their old room and they sort of talk through, you know, we actually didn't want to have separate rooms. Dipper confesses that he was just feeling a little bit alone now that Mabel has all of these friends. Um, and it's kind of a sweet moment. Now, when they go to talk to Grunkle about it, if you remember, Grunkle's watching baby fights again. Do you remember that? It was on baby yes. fights was still on TV, but he actually wasn't watching it. Do you notice? No, what was he doing? His eyes were down looking at the glasses that were in his hand that he took from the room. Oh, man, you would never know because he doesn't vocalize anything. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that one the second time because he's just... And the look on his face is noticeable, in my opinion. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, for a second, we're worried that maybe Seuss didn't switch back. Turns out he did, but McGucket says... I'll still eat ya. So, a little cannibalism joke in there for ya. That's actually the second cannibal joke in that episode, because there was another one where Mabel made the flapjack version of Grunkle, and after he ate it, he said, Mmm, cannibals were onto something. I taste delicious. Oh, jeez. He actually used the word? I missed that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wrote it down. He said, the cannibals were were onto something. I taste delicious Uh, is the exact quote. Maybe it's a 60s band, the cannibals. Yeah, 
two cannibal jokes and one there were some there were a lot of jokes they snuck in this one and you know actually you want to know something there is a tactic that i wonder if they employed that i've heard of people using on censors before where you include a joke that's really bad so that takes focus off of other jokes and now hmm. they might have used that on this one like they included one or two jokes that were way worse so that all these other ones they could still sprinkle in dang okay i like it uh yeah shall we move on um are we done pretty much like they you guys kind of get what happened like obviously there's a whole moment where they didn't actually want to switch rooms obviously they're going to keep staying in the same room together and you know it was just kind of like dipper felt like he was being abandoned because mabel was hanging out with her new friends all the time and they're like come on man this is our like summer together i want to hang out with you um which is really relatable and sweet i really related to that 100 percent yeah um and, uh, you know, and Mabel was like, I never wanted you to move out in the first place. I just wanted to like, you know, I, I, they, you know, they have that moment and it's really sweet and nice. I actually think like I'm done playing it because it's, you kind of would see it coming, but it's still done really well. Uh, yeah. And I want to actually talk a bit about that. So let me just wrap up the Seuss plot, uh, because this woman comes back in and in now the post credits body in the post uh, it's even scene. before that. And she's like, I've been thinking about it and I will marry you and just kisses him. And oh, yeah, that's he's right. very confused. Yeah, um, that's right. I forgot about that. Of course, the post credit scene is where I guess some time has passed and she's like, you've just changed. So she was actually in love with Waddles, which is weird. really funny. Well, and he's like, uh, so I've been in the body of a pig all day, so I'm really trying to catch up. Oh yeah, so I guess not that much time has passed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still been the, it's the same day still. Good, good. All yeah, right, she moves well, fast. Get... Yeah, no kidding. Well, <laughs> she clearly interpreted something Waddles did as a proposal. Uh, <laughs> oh no, could have just been like one knee. You know, I I would assume that it's something like that, or rolling around in mud. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, let's talk about this thing with Dipper and Mabel just a little bit. You know, I know it's been a long episode. Um, but uh, the thing that I liked is I actually really enjoyed sharing a room with you. And I don't know if every sibling had that kind of a takeaway. But you and I, thought, I would... I we, had a, we had a pretty good vibe. I mean, obviously, we're still doing a show together. I think some siblings don't have such a fluid relationship, you know? I think it makes that makes a big true. difference sometimes. I don't know any siblings who are as close as we are, to be honest. Um, I'm sure that they're out there. But I know some I, twins that are pretty close. That's true. I mean, yeah, and that's interesting that we're three years apart. We still uh, connect on, like, such a deep spiritual level, honestly. Yeah. Um, but I do think that there was a piece of that that was sharing a room for so long gave us the opportunity to get close. And we would yeah. talk for, like, you know, we'd go to bed, but then we would talk for, like, an hour about all kinds of things all the time. You know what's funny is, you know that feeling when you stay with someone for a really long time and you kind of get sick of them and it, you get like kind of agitated when you're around someone for a really long time? Mm -hmm. There's something about a family experience where you're with somebody longer than that time and you push past that feeling and you push past that discomfort and work past it and you kind of figure out how to live with people on another level after it. You know what I mean? That's really interesting. And I think that a lot of people would get to this discomfort. And they're like, I want out of this. But there's times, like in our case, where if we ever experienced that, it did go away. Like, I feel like in high school, it was almost when we were at our closest before I left. Um, and then, I mean, we went off and did our separate things. And then we disconnected for a bit and then came I'd together I'd say we later. were busy. Yeah, we were both busy yeah. doing our own thing because we were in school and doing our own thing. 
Yes. Uh, he says with a big smile. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, y- you know, I, I just, uh, I, I can't explain to you exactly why it worked so well for us, I, I, but I am a little bit curious if this is a common occurrence or if it really is like, oh, I spent all this time living with my sibling. Like, is it, is it because we shared a room that we have such a close bond? If we had been separated, would we have like spent a lot less time together? It's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors. I think we had a pretty, pretty like cohesive family. And I think that's also a big factor, you know, because I think sometimes where there's lots of family tension in general, that also has an impact. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of factors, though. I, I'm, I, it is, it is interesting to think about. I think that how I approach living with people is fundamentally, that's what I was actually thinking about is how, uh, how I approach living with people is fundamentally different because I practiced living with you for so long. Like, I feel like people who lived in their own room, a majority of their life, maybe, and I'm just hypothesizing might have a harder time learning to roommate with somebody. You know what I mean? Hmm, Cause they, that don't is have, interesting. they don't have as much experience needing to deal with other people's sleep schedules and space sensitivity and physical space sensitivity and stuff like that. You know, geez, that is really, yeah. I, I love all of the things that we've gotten to talk about today. Yeah. This um, has been, I've really liked this. has been a good one. I, I, I'm a fan. Yeah. yeah so, I don't so, know if this was our most focused, but maybe one of my most, or one of the most fun. One of the most interesting. Hello, it is me, the mysterious woman. Uh, this is a very real clue with a very real meaning. It, uh, what, what is it that she says? It's the, uh, move the A to the Z and the, um, uh, the L to the R, yes. This is not a red herring at all. Good luck. Ha, 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 ha. Points. Are we yeah. at points? We are. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do until we talked through everything, but I think mm-hmm. I know now. All right. What are you doing? Two points for Grunkle Stan. Originally, I was like, oh, God, he's watching baby fights. Like, I can't reward this. But <laughs> as I look back. Oh, God, um, he's watching baby fights. As I look back, like, he is easily the funniest part of this episode. Every time we mentioned Stan in this, I remembered how funny it was. Uh, and I think the other characters have things that maybe uh, were not as fun to me. I've got... Another question, though. Mm. We've decided that the cops, we will award points together. Do you think Grenda and Candy are in the same boat? Or do you think that those are characters Mm. that should be separated? Easy answer. Do you ever see them not on screen together? And the answer is yes. There is a time when Candy has a moment without Grenda on screen. So we can't have Mm. them be together. The cops are almost never not on screen together. Like, That's true. I think I don't right. even know if they are ever on not on screen together. But I know that Candy does have a, an episode where she's not with Grenda. So for that reason, I want to keep them separate. You think Got that's it. fair? Well, I, I was leaning one way anyway, but... Um, that, the only reason I say that is because Candy might actually get a point in the episode that I'm thinking of. Interesting. My other point goes to Grenda here. And okay. it's just because Grenda has all these great moments and I haven't given her a point yet. And I think Grenda's iconic. It just I like, love it! Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anybody else who I want to give the points out to so bad that it needs to take away from her. So uh, this is her first one. I like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, where did you go? Well, I'm, I'm thinking about changing mine maybe a little. What I, what I had is I was going to give one point to Grunkle Stan. Um... 
mostly just because of the subtleties of the episode that I found were so delightful with him. Yeah. I had a Mabel for two points. Was Mabel that great? I mean, I think that she was better than Dipper. Like, I think, uh... The reason I had Mabel for two points is just because I had an emotional connection. Because I really did like the idea of her wanting to, like... I don't know. I there there was, you know what? You're right. It actually isn't Mabel. It was the relationship and the dynamic that I appreciated. It wasn't the character individually. It was it was the dynamic. That's Bill a good Lucas, point. It's very funny when you get thought provoked. You turn your face far away from the microphone, and I lose oh, you shoot. a little bit. Oh my god, you're right. I start looking. I have a habit of like looking up into the left whenever I'm like really, really, really start thinking about something, and my microphone is on the right. It's quite unfortunate. Yeah. If you I need ever to... hear Lucas's audio suffer, it means that he's in deep thought. So just <laughs> remember that. Dude, don't tell me that. I'm, I'll, I'll like start using that intentionally to make people think I'm smarter than I am. Um, oh. Yeah, like, oh, oh, listen to me brooding over here. Yeah, I'm real, I'm real thinking. Thinking real hard over, over back in this corner. <laughs> I see. Uh, oh, yeah. I kind hey, of choice, almost... Bro, we're already running long. Yeah, I know. The thing is, I already kind of... Grin. I'm still gonna give it to Mabel. I think I'm going. Okay. To, I'm giving two to Mabel on my emotional connection because I really do love how she was and like that feeling that she had with like when Dipper's like I want my own room and that that was really the scene that did it for me because I have that emotional connection. Like I'm I hang out with people a lot. I love being around people. And when somebody if somebody was like I don't want to like I don't want to stay in this room with you anymore. Like I actually would have that reaction of like like <gasps> like oh my gosh like hold. I don't, I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah. I guess the way that she played that actually just connected with me. So that's pretty much my reason. Cool. All right. I love it. Let's get to some insights from Journal 3. Last week, I said that there was some stuff in here about Mermondo, but I didn't want to talk about it yet because uh, this episode mattered. Because basically, uh, the entry here is about the body swap and also uh, the last episode in the pool. And Dipper... Uh, or I should say Mabel, because she was swapped into Dipper's body, took over the journal to write about a little bit of the body swap situation, but more to write about um, basically a love page all about Mermondo, which is very, very funny. Um, so there's a little bit about here or in here about the body swap situation. She basically just makes like a very insulting picture of Dipper. And it's like, oh, I'm Dipper and I'm stupid. Um but what's more interesting is that we actually find some facts out about Ramondo that we're not in the episode. Uh, supposedly, he has like 13 hearts, and I, all no, of them are breaking. Oh, we, we did? Heard that. Yeah, he said he has 13 hearts. Horrifying, but true. Oh, okay. Well, apparently, uh, some of them were breaking when he missed his family. So sad. Aww. Um, I don't know if he said anything in the episode about having a blowhole somewhere. But Mabel says the less she knows about that, the better. And we're going to leave that there. Okay, fine. um and then she drew a very detailed picture of dipper giving cpr to mermondo that's Uh, hysterical yes and uh basically just wrote about that so nothing like super important to the plot um just uh know that mabel took over the journal to write about the things that she cared about and that's fun and cute uh journal four let's induct the werewolf, and Lucas is prepared with materials. Um, yeah. For those who can't see it, um, which is everybody, actually, now that I think about it, yeah. uh, 
Lucas and I used to have, or I guess it's all Lucas. He had this thing called Weird and Wild Creature Cards. I wonder Still if anybody do. else in the Discord had them too. Still um, do. I have all of them. Yeah, and he's he's kept them. And there was, they had like animals and uh, just like little fact sheets about cool animals. But one of the um, categories was mythological animals and cryptids and things of that nature. Um, so you yep. remembered the werewolf one. I didn't. And uh, you went to go pull it out. Oh, um, the only reason I did, I have actually have had a card for almost every single thing that we've talked about. Uh, I just haven't pulled it out because you've been prepared on most of them, so I haven't needed to. But yeah, I've got little information fact cards on all these guys. I could start pulling them out because I love these. I like I, the art style is cool. If you guys haven't seen Weird and Wild creature cards and you're like thinking of having kids sometime, like these are sick. I love growing up with these and they're really informational and really fun. Um, we had so much fun. And there, I think there were the big ones, and then there were, like, playing cards, too, maybe, yeah. which we I also have, used. I have those, too. We could still play with them, actually. I could make decks with them. Uh, I, I, I mean, we would pair the monsters against each other, like, oh, attack or defense and all those yeah, things. Yeah, there's, like, a, there's a Yu-Gi, like, a Yu-Gi-Oh turn-based card game with it, too. It's fun. I well, like it. Anywho. I think um, that, yeah, yeah. So, the werewolf. Uh, there's some facts on here that I'll actually read about the werewolf, because I have it. Means wolfman in Old German, fun fact, uh, ancient European folklore, when werewolves are hungry and can't find enough victims in the street, Levin, legend has it that they head to the local graveyard to dig up fresh bodies and feast on their remains. Werewolves are said to show signs of their beastly identity even while in human form. They can be anything from a strange birthmark or long fingernails to a bushy eyebrows or hairy palms. Fun fact. Um... Uh I like how these cards are written because they're very much written as if these are in present tense existing all the time. They never use past tense to describe them. Ooh, I love that too. Legends tell of several ways to become a werewolf. Chief causes were a person being cursed for evil acts, sleeping outside under a full moon, drinking water from a stream used by wolves, or receiving a bite or a scratch from a werewolf, which is the one I'm sure everybody knows. There were also ways to break the spell, according to legend. One was to wound the beast and then would turn back into a human. To kill the werewolf, weapons... Wait, one was to wound the beast and then... Would... Wow, you just had to wound it to turn it back? That's not that hard. Uh, to kill the werewolf, weapons blessed by the church were used. It's a more In more modern times, the legend said the only ways to kill was with a silver bullet. Okay, so this is interesting to me. Um, because I'm... I'm not 100% sure where the werewolf idea originated, but I think there's a chance that it maybe originated with people actually thinking that werewolves were real. I, I don't know if this was like pulled straight out of storybooks. Do you? In medieval Europe, many people believed in werewolves. Some people actually confessed to being the cursed beast themselves, but lots of these people were likely suffering, suffering from uh, specific mental disorders. That's and really interesting. I do remember watching a YouTube video about a particular kind of mental disorder where people actually do believe that they are animals and start acting like wild animals. It's yeah, very I mean, uncommon, though. Yeah, but it's definitely like a world where somebody could like act out in that way. Um, yeah, and it's like okay. if one person does that and they like, you know, I mean, all it takes is one person to see someone acting like a... Uh, I mean, there are also, you know, people that are born with, like, extra hair on their bodies as, like, a skin condition and stuff like that, too. Um, sure. So there's there's a lot of theories of uh, where it could have come from. But, I it mean, I've like also... Is... 
I've read about curses in witchcraft and um, shamanism when I was in a one of my classes in my undergrad. It was called Religion, Witchcraft, Society, and Culture. Or it was called um, Witchcraft, Religion, and Superstition. Okay, because um, I was about to make a witchcraft comparison too, because it sounds like, similar to like the Salem Witch Trials, there were people tried for being werewolves in certain areas of the globe. Well, the thing about curses, though, is curses are a real thing and actually do seem to cause very real medical phenomenon in lots of places. I read this study about um, and take this with a grain of salt, because obviously, like, I don't have the specific study in mind and I'm like quoting it, you know, vaguely. So whenever you hear people do stuff like that, don't just believe it's true. Always like maybe fact check it if you're genuinely interested, but at least don't repeat it as a fact. I read yeah, it. I'm, I'm, skeptic- it. I'm skeptical, but I'm listening. Yeah, everyone should be skeptical. But I did read a story um, where... Uh, or not a story, but I've read anthropological reports um, of certain uh, witches in Central Africa, I think. It was a country in Africa. And um, there are these people, when they get curses put on them, like, the effects of the curses a lot of the time really genuinely happen to the people. And sometimes, like, weirdly specific stuff, people have actually been recorded to have died from curses. For real. Somebody curses them, they say say they're going to die, and the person legitimately dies within some time in the next, uh, you know, correlated time period. And Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much that's been able to, like, be scientifically researched, where they can track and say, statistically speaking, it is likely that you died as a result of the curse. I don't know. The theory is really, really heavily culturally um, informed norms that really have an impact on your perception of reality because actually we have the same thing in uh medical science in western facilities where if you go to the way that we treat our doctors is if you go to a doctor and they give you stuff sometimes you will end up feeling better even if they don't necessarily give you what you need um and it's because it's not just placebo it's more than that it's because a placebo on its own isn't strong enough you couldn't just anybody couldn't just give you a sugar pill you know what i mean having generations of cultural reinforced ideals that make people believe that this is a real thing have a huge influence on how people feel about it. And it really does have a very physical reaction on them from the studies that I've been reading that I read when I was in my undergrad. Sure. And I could see a world where something like that would make somebody believe that they are perhaps a werewolf. Yes. Uh, Would that actually turn them into a werewolf? I am certainly not making that claim. Um, but I do believe that there are certain things that witchcraft can do. I don't know if they're psychological tricks. It's a possibility. It's a theory. I'm not going to pretend like I have any idea what's going on. Um, but something's happening. That seems to be like, that seems to be true. Something does seem to be happening. That's interesting to me. That is also interesting to me. So how do we rate this? Do we, are we rating on the scale of this has to be a, person who goes to bed and wakes up as a literal wolf with full hair and everything oh yeah we're going no no no. we're going like classic european myth full moon turns them into a werewolf and they like eat people and stuff okay yeah well they don't have to eat people but but yeah we're, we're we're not going twilight werewolf we're going like classic european werewolf let me say that I love the old Universal movie, The Wolfman. Um, yeah. I love any of those Universal classic monster movies. I hate modern horror movies, but those old black and white ones really do it for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, for something like this, I do put it more in that fictional monster camp. It's really hard. E- even though I know that people say they've seen werewolves, I think I kind of have to use the same logic that I used recently where... 
I won't give it a one because it's the kind of thing that's been seen, but to say that it's an actual walking wolf, somebody who's woken up and they're now like, oh, well, that's a big stretch. So I've got to stick it at a two. I don't think that I can go any higher than that. You might be surprised by my answer, and I might even be surprised by my answer too. Okay. But the thing is, do I think that werewolves are a thing, like a species or a regular phenomenon? Nah, by that logic, I'd say low. But maybe has there ever been one? I'm going to give it a six because I think, there's, I think there's some wild, wild stuff out there. That's why I brought up the witchcraft example because it's like, I do I think that witch, a witch could, like, that level of witchcraft could create something like that? No, I don't think that. But I wouldn't have thought any of that stuff was possible before I didn't think stuff like that. You know what I mean? Okay. So, like, just because I think that the world is a lot weirder than we give it credit for in a wolf person isn't really that crazy of an idea. <laughs> you know? Dude. I think the, the correlation <laughs> to the moon, I think, is, is a little out there. It gets a little wild. But in terms of just, like, purely a person turning into a werewolf or a person turning into a werewolf or an animal, you know, like familiars or, like, people that can shapeshift into animals, I, I, I can see that somewhere it maybe has existed. Maybe you know if not on funny? Earth somewhere. I could see that Lucas, some. I could see it. I'm saying. I'm. I'm, I'm going seven. Even I talk myself into a higher. Oh, rating. well, you're saying <laughs> that the full moon makes it a stretch, but I kind of feel the opposite because there's a lot of reports about people having especially weird behavior around full moons. Um, I don't know if I've this heard of that. I've heard think of that. That makes it more biologically likely for somebody to become a werewolf. Um, but as far as the likelihood of somebody feeling as though they could become something like that or act out in a very strange way that could be interpreted as werewolf behavior. Like, I can definitely see that. Um, you see, know the, what? The, You're the making me go up to a three. I don't want to be boring. Yeah. See, the moon seems like a red herring to me like ghosts. Like, to me, ghosts are a red herring over an actual metaphysical phenomenon. Like, you know, people see a figure and they're like, ghosts! And it's like, don't say that. Think about what this might be. You know? Like, the chance that this is a trapped spirit from the afterlife is really one idea of a million possibilities that could be out there of what you're looking at. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's probably a pretty limiting idea to think that all of these spirits that you're seeing are all dead people that used to exist. Honestly, it's probably pretty unlikely that that's true. It's probably pretty more likely that there's... Just think about how many people die and how many souls die of various species. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty weird that, like... Oh yeah, this guy. This guy just had a really bad fight with his mom before he died, so he's hanging out in the backyard for you know, like what the fuck? What kind of logic is that? Where you guys get you're playing this <laughs> horror movie? This is horror movie stuff, you know. Like, <laughs> but if we're talking like, and that's what I think the the moon is. It's like, oh, maybe you know, there was a full moon when this thing happened. That's cause it seems like a causation without correlation thing that a human would do. You know what I mean? I, I do understand that. Like, uh, you're searching for meetings, you find it in a full moon. But I'm not ruling that out. To be, to or, be honest, or, I think it's yeah, likelier yeah. to me that a full, full moon causes odd behavior and changes people's general, like, way of being than the likelihood of a werewolf being, like, uh, really? a real it seems, thing. Yeah. It seems more likely to me that if it's possible, it's something that someone could do. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they could do it and learn to do it. You know what I mean? Like if somebody Maybe. could, like if it was a, if it was something that could happen, it has to be an ability or like even like some weird mutation or something. Where like again, like at least Lucas being like pretty crazy metaphysical right now. I don't know how much of this I defend in court, but like <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I like I think, it. I, I think it's possible. I I want to leave room for that stuff. 
I think ethics from science would make it hard, but there's also like a world where science could make something crazy like that happen one day. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's been Uh, some weird, yeah. I mean, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm not putting it past it. I think it's cool. I'm I'm saying maybe. All right. Well, this was very fun. Let's go ahead and close this out. The cipher for this week in the episode was puberty is the greatest mystery of all. Also go outside and make friends. That's a nice little message to close the episode on. Uh, let's say the same. Yeah. Everybody go outside and make some friends. That sounds right. Hey. And we're your friends, kind of. Yeah. Parasocially. Yeah. No, paraso- parasocially. No, go out and meet friends that you can actually hang out with. I love that you guys like us, but we can't, we, you know, we have our things going on and every, you don't, you don't, don't want to be friends with content creators. They end up being dicks anyway. I promise you don't want to be my friend. <laughs> but what, you, what, you, what I, but what you should do is go hang out, find, find a community of people that share in something that you love and hang out with them. That is something that I hella recommend. I went and hung out with some fire spinners and met a bunch of new friends the other day. And I feel really awesome today because of it. So good advice. Thanks, Alex Hirsch. Love it, dude. All right. This podcast is brought to you by the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network, uh, as many other rewatches of shows and movies on their feed. Uh, you can find ours on the Dragon Babies one, and you can find us on YouTube like we plugged before. Hester Brothers Cartoon Theater. Check it out. Also, social media links are in the description, as well as the Discord, where you can talk about not just Gravity Bros, no, no, but any cartoons. Um... The Pokemon game in there is super fun. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there because I think that's one of the best uh, reasons to check out the Discord if you're a Pokemon fan. Wow. Um, wow. The, the, one of the best reasons is we have a Pokemon game. And you don't have to great. pay $60 for it. So uh, when, you, when it's literally just the same game that's been done a million times, why are they charging so much for this basic-ass formula? Excuse my French. Uh the more active the chat is, the more Pokemon show up in the chat. So that's fun. true. I caught a Froakie the other day. Uh, you sure did. All right, let's um, go. So, yes, leave us some iTunes reviews. Thank you, Tessa Scarborough, for our cover art. Thank you to Anna, voice of the mysterious woman, and all four that is. And we will see you all next week. Happy sleuthing. Peace, everyone. Have a beautiful day. Bye.